And we welcome you on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. I am Mitch Bala alongside my co <laughs> That is back to back number nine. Let's go. That is how you do it. And welcome on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. I'm a very neutral Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bally here to give you the latest in the world of high school sports. Mitch, it's going to be back with you this week, man, as we are wrapping up the end of sports season, man. We got a couple of sports already in the books and one coming up very soon. Yeah, Mitch, good to be back with you. You know, you sound a little mellow. I thought that maybe something happened over the weekend that would have got you really riled up. I mean, and I know a lot of great high school sporting events took place over the weekend. I was hoping maybe... You know, here in segment one, we can kind of kick that off and see if anything big really happened over the weekend in any of our areas. Well, we'll definitely get to it in just a little bit. And uh, before we do that, we want to remind you guys that if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. You can also check us out on our podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. That's courtesy of Spotify for podcasters. You can also check us out on BigTimeSportsOhio.com. You can find our latest articles there, our latest uh, broadcasts, including one that which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Um, and then, you know, we'll, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at big time sports, Ohio on Twitter at BTS Ohio. And then at Mitch Spinell at Mitchell Ballot, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, Mitch, let's, let's, let's talk about what happened this weekend. So we had a, a very exciting week of state tournament action, both in track and field and softball. We're going to start softball because I want to, because I know what happened this weekend. It was the, it was the culmination of something that has not happened since the late eighties, Mitch. For the first time since 1987 through 1989, the Strasburg Tigers, Strasburg Franklin Tigers, you know, properly, uh, have gone back to back in winning the state championship. This one, the Tigers were able to complete the process in winning uh, a very uh, convincing seven to two victory over Hopewell Loudon this week. Mitch, I, 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 as much as I, you know, made a bit of a clown of myself at the beginning of the show, I'm proud of the the, the team for what they were able to accomplish this year. It's very hard to go back to back with all the good talent in the state and to do it against some of the teams that they went up against this weekend, Mitch was really uh, impressive because these were not easy opponents for them to just steamroll like they have for other points of the year. Well, at this point of the season, Mitch, it's hardly ever to steamroll any opponent because that means the teams that have made it to the final four are playing their best softball at the right time. Now, some just getting hot at the right time, others playing their best softball all season long. And really that's what Strasburg has been doing all season long. I mean, how many times do we have to come on here and talk about the outstanding performances from someone like Amelia Spadell and then, you know, just seeing the wins in the tournament and how they were winning and just the force they were that really nobody wanted to get in the way of. And it didn't matter if you got in the way of them because they eventually just did what they wanted to do and they did what any good team wants to do. And that's end the season. Like we said here when we were playing high school baseball, End the season with a dog pile. End it on your own terms, right? You want to send your seniors off the right way. You want to be the last team that gets to dog pile on the field or on the mound, wherever it may be, and hoisting up that trophy. And that's what Strasburg got to do for the second consecutive year. And what's crazy is it's hard enough to win one. You mentioned yeah. it. it's so hard to win two, especially when you're talking about baseball or softball, Mitch, because that is probably the one game where anybody can beat anybody on any given day because of all the different variables in baseball and softball. But Strasburg, I mean, Mitch, you got to enjoy this one, but 
you return some very good players again next year. And so you have to already be somewhat optimistic about where this team could be next year. And I'm not going to even throw out the word because you don't want to put that pressure on them because there will be pressure. There will be a target on your back. Uh, I was accustomed to it here after Jackson won states in 2014 of you're the defending division one state champ. Everybody's coming at you. You're going to get their best every single night. But Strasburg already showed you they could take that after winning states last year, take everybody's best, and it still wasn't good enough for the most part. And they did it again. And that's a phenomenal feat, a tremendous accomplishment. It does not happen often. And if it did, this probably wouldn't be as special as it as it is. I mean, this is extremely special. So obviously, you as an alum should soak this up. And to every softball player, coach, you know, anyone that works in the Strasburg district, this is a tremendous accomplishment. So round of applause and congratulations on winning back-to-back state championships. Well, thank you. I, I definitely appreciate it as, as if I was able to do something out there on the field for the Tigers. I mean, you, the, 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 the way the t- Lady Tigers played this weekend was very interesting because you went up against the Gibsonburg team on Friday, which is a rematch of the 2002 game, which was in the middle of Gibsonburg's three-peat from 2001 to 2003. Uh, and Strasburg ha- and Gibsonburg were pretty close there throughout most of the contest. The Tigers were able to scratch together a couple of runs uh, against a very uh, solid pitcher who's at, who was going to the University of Toledo. And when you talk about Spidell's performances, she ties the Division Four state tournament record with 15 strikeouts in one game. That that was the previous record. And there were a number of names in the, my program uh, from this weekend that had 15 strikeouts in a Division Four semifinal or final game. Those names are all going to be erased in next year's uh, program because Spidell set the record for herself with 18 Ks on Saturday, 12 of them in the first 12 at-bats against the Chieftains, an offense that in the first tw- their first 26 games of the year, Mitch, they won 21 of those games by the mercy rule. And this wasn't exactly a team that was playing in some no-name conference. Gibsonburg was second to them in uh, conference play this year, and uh, the Golden Bears were able to make a state run of their own. So, at, I mean, as much as, in, as uh, that matchup would have been fascinating in the final, Strasburg did what they had to do there. I think Strasburg getting off to an off- hot offensive start early kind of set the tempo for them. They were is able, it was kind of through uh, Hopewell Loudon off a little bit. I remember when Spidell struck out to lead off of the Tigers in the top of the first inning, you're thinking to yourself, okay, the energy's there for both sides. You know, Hopewell Loudon's going to bring it. And then you get a couple of hits together. And then Maggie Richards, who already had uh, made her uh, name in the previous state championship game last year, getting a big uh, RBI hit, making the final put out with two outs in the seventh inning to uh, seal the victory for Strasburg and keep the game from going to extras or worse, potentially she ropes a three run shot over the right field wall. To my knowledge, Mitch, that was the first time that in the 21st century era of Strasburg softball, getting to state that anybody's gone over the yard. You're talking about some of the top players in the past uh, couple of years, you know, Carly Clark, Casey Gerber, Christina LaRocca, uh, 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 Carly DeBacco, uh, uh, Emma, Emma Clark. Maggie was the first. Maggie was the first to do so, and uh, that set the tempo on. The Tigers score a couple more runs. There was a little bit of trouble in the fifth inning where Isabel Beidelschies, who, who, you know, kept like a solid head on her shoulders throughout the entire seven innings in giving up those seven runs, she drew a walk to break the streak set by Spidell early on, and then uh, the next at-bat at was a fly ball hit to Ada Richards, 
the ball on a diving effort was uh, knocked away. Uh, then there was a play at the plate that was initially called out, but then it was reversed when I think I think what happened was Sidney Sibilla got kind of trucked over by Brickner, the, the base runner, and she went to go tag her without the ball. The ball got knocked out of her glove. And by that point, neither of them had touched the uh, either the tag or the plate at that point. And then uh, Brickner gets to the plate, even though she tags her. The umpire calls it out. But I think as he saw as he called out, he saw the ball was on the ground and was like, time out, time out. We're going to go over this. They have a conference. They call her safe. And that was two runs for the Chieftains. And that's when I got nervous because up until that point, Strasburg had, hadn't had many opportunities to field the ball. Spidell striking out all those batters made me wonder, like, okay, are we going to still have, like, a solid enough defensive effort to keep them from making a massive comeback? They did. And Spidell was able to do what she did on Friday, which was strike out the last batter looking and clinch her second consecutive championship. So that's – it's an amazing run for Strasburg. It's an unbelievable run. And you mentioned there are a number of players going to be back next year, Spidell being one of them uh, for her senior year. Uh, you have a couple of other ones throughout the lineup that will be returning. Not a lot, not a ton of seniors, but some of them won't be back next year. Rigger being one of them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Strasburg can maintain this level of play that they had for the past two years. And if coach Tom Spidell, who took over this program three years ago after longtime coach, uh, the late Bud Weisgarber resigned or uh, parted ways with Strasburg during uh, 2019, if you're going to maintain that level or, or be able to, establish that level uh, of of consistent competitive play because Strasburg with this back-to-back kind of made people realize like, Hey, this team is for real. Last year wasn't just a random run. Yeah. Next year is going to be, I think for them kind of like the topping of everything that's already been accomplished over these last two years. Yeah. And the target will for sure be on their back, Mitch. I mean, that's not something I'm sure those girls know it and the, and the coaching staff knows it in any you know, coach in baseball or softball or any program for the most part in the state of Ohio that's won a state championship understands what I mean by that, knowing that teams necessarily will get up knowing they're playing the defending state champs. And it doesn't matter if the team that won states was a fully loaded senior class that's getting rid, not getting rid, but graduating their entire roster for the most part. Teams want to be able to say they beat the defending state champion. That's something a lot of teams take pride in. So I know Strasburg got it this year, but next year, especially as some of these teams, they, I mean, really Mitch made no game of at certain points in the season, they will be looking for revenge or at least putting up a fight as Strasburg for what we mentioned at certain parts of this tournament really didn't struggle at all. One thing I think is fascinating that you said is the, the Strasburg defenders behind Spadell, you know, didn't get a lot of balls hit to him. You always hear when you walk a lot of batters, it puts your defense to sleep. Because you you don't have confidence in your pitcher and there's no balls being put in play. On the flip side, when you're striking out the first 12, you have a lot of confidence in your pitcher, but at the same time as a fielder, the balls you're practicing in between innings when you out there to warm up is still just not the same as when a live ball comes off someone's bat. And so I can understand, you know, the, the little worry there that maybe you had of, Oh boy, you know, they haven't had a lot of action today. Now here's some action. It's not super clean. It happens. But when you have someone like Spadell on the mound, you're never going right. to complain about that. You'd rather be able to record outs while your defense isn't moving than walk a number of batters over and over and over to where you have runners on and it's extremely high pressure situations for your defenders to where if they make an error, it could cost them. Spadell, though, you were going to get Gibsonburg's best shot. It wasn't a team that was going to go down easy. 
nobody's going to go down easy at this point, knowing what's on the line, but Strasburg took blows. They, they, they threw a lot of punches. They took a blow, but they still were left standing at the end of the day. And so that's a tremendous accomplishment. And uh, I'm sure the coaching staff is already starting to get ready. They're, they're enjoying it, but already kind of looking oh, ahead yeah. to see if they can get to work for a three-peat, which would be crazy. But at the same time, they have to enjoy the back-to-back because this is quite the accomplishment. Really quickly, you kind of mentioned that uh, situation with the fielding, and that 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 definitely hit me more with the Gibsonburg game than Hopewell Loudon because Spidell was very solid against um, uh, Gibsonburg. The only the only run that they were able to scratch together uh, was a solo shot here, and I'm gonna have to bring up the uh, the name which I should have gotten at the beginning of uh, the show, and then I didn't. Uh, but she was able to. Uh, hit hit one of the longest home runs I think Spidell has given up in her high school career uh, on Friday's game, and it was a vi- it was a moonshot that got people a little nervous because when you're up at that point, it's like okay we had the lead for most of the game but can we hold on to it? And then later on, Spidell was able to strike her out. She was the three batter I believe, and if you'd have heard the crowd of Strasburg at that state at Firestone Stadium, Mitch, you'd have thought that. Uh, we had just won the game right there. Jenna Bloomfield is the girl's name. I should mention she's uh, had committed to Toledo. Um, solid pitcher. Otherwise, despite giving up those runs uh, in the game. And then once you got past the fourth or fifth spot in Gibsonburg's lineup, they, they were not touching Spidell for most of the game. It was when two batters got on in the seventh inning that when the nine hitter came up, people got nervous. Because when the leadoff hitter uh, for Gibsonburg had been raking throughout the tournament, she had hit three home runs so far, two of them in the regional final game, and was batting over 700 this season with runners in scoring position. So I figured that's a really tough out. It's, it's, a, it's a significantly tougher out than your nine-hole hitter um, who staved off a number of good pitches, and I give her absolute credit for it. And then Spidell through a changeup that just landed right in the middle of the strike zone that she didn't swing at. And that was like a wave of relief washing over the Strasburg faithful. Cause if you throw something like that to Bloomfield, it, that that's, that's Gibsonburg taking the lead in the top of the seventh. So congratulations to Strasburg. Uh, I mean, best of luck to hope Loud, And I think they'll be back here soon enough. They also had a lot of younger players on their roster as well. And uh, as far as the rest of the uh, local slate goes, we had uh, two local teams making it to uh, state baseball this week. The Highland Hawks, who have been just been dominant in the Division Four tournament so far this year, able to win in regionals this week. And then, Mitch, I, this is an interesting one. Two consecutive come-from-behind games for Harrison Central. The Huskies able to make a state run of their own. Yeah, listen, this is the, and this is what I mean. Coming from behind, obviously, never easy. You'd always prefer to be the team that's in the lead, feeling like you're in control of the game. But putting pressure on the other team is a big part of baseball and softball and any sport for that matter. But when you have as many variables as you have in baseball, obviously, nine different people in the lineup, obviously, the fielders behind you, the catcher, just so many different things that could go wrong at once. Pressure will eventually build up and Harrison central, the Huskies, Mitch never gave in, never gave up and they kept chipping away. And eventually they've now clinched their state or clinched a spot in the state tournament. Now where they're going to take on Heath in the nightcap on June 9th at 7 PM at canal park. And that will be a phenomenal game. And really you look at some of these teams, you mentioned 
a Highland. I mean, what a dominant run it's been for them this year. It's really, they, they've made it known that they're here to play and they're not going to be taken lightly. And teams that take them lightly have found out very quickly their season will end. I'm very excited. I will say I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I'll be out of town the rest of this week uh, coaching summer ball because last year, Mitch, I went to the state tournament and I sat there on a Friday afternoon, I believe, and watched two, three games. And then Saturday, I went and watched two full state championship games as well as the ending of the second state championship game. The divisions, I, I know I watched division two last. I think division one was the four o'clock game. I believe I caught the end of of the D four game, uh, which would have been about a noon first pitch, maybe one o'clock first pitch. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal baseball. So anybody in the Stark County area or, or your area, Mitch, obviously it's a little more of a drive to get to canal park in Akron. If you want to see high level baseball, it is so worth it to go buy a ticket and sit in canal park. Even if you have no rooting interest, if you just want to see good high level baseball, this is the time and what better opportunity now to have a shorter drive to Akron to watch it rather than when it was at the Clipper stadium in Columbus for a number of years, but it's just so much fun. And obviously a couple area teams left in it makes it a little bit more enjoyable, but Mitch looking ahead, I mean, it's not fair to just kind of eliminate one side of the bracket in the final four, but Mitch, there's a lot of talk out there from other media outlets that believe the real state championship for division one is in fact a semifinal game this week when Walsh Jesuit takes on Cincinnati Moeller. The amount of talent that's going to be on that field, Wal- uh, Cincinnati Moeller starting lineup, all committed to play in college. I believe uh, 10 of the players that you will see, nine of them are Division One commits, including a high-level Division Two commit. Walsh, on the other hand, Mitch, may have the pitcher of the year in Division One in Peach. The right-hander committed to Xavier. Walsh, obviously, with a number of talented players, but I don't feel fair just singling those two teams out because every team at this point is either playing their base ba- best baseball at the right time, or they've been one of the best teams in the state of Ohio for their respective division all year. And it's so worth it to go watch these players play at a high level in a high stakes environment. And to have no rooting interest, you really can kind of just sit back rather where, you know, Mitch, you were probably on the edge of your seat having ties to Strasburg, but being able to sit back with really no rooting interest and just take it all in it's something that you really can't describe. I watched a number of teams last year, Mason being one of them going against Grove city. That game was phenomenal. Mason, I believe the biggest division one public school in the state of Ohio out of Cincinnati had a number of talent. They had the number one first baseman in the country rated by, you know, recruiting websites and media outlets and Grove city, this I'll say smaller D one in Columbus, Ohio, Knocks off Mason. And it was crazy just to see all that. And then I believe last year I saw uh, was Wayne Dale, the golden bears, maybe yep. who are now still alive going for back to back Mitch. I think I watched them with a walk-off win in the state championship. And just to see that emotion, to see the crowd, it, it's so amazing. And so I really, if you aren't doing anything, I still believe it's the same rules as last year. One ticket for a game could get you in for all day. It's so worth it. It really is. And it's so awesome to see some of these players that Mitch, you might see here down the road playing in college baseball, but also playing in the weekend. We just saw in college baseball of the regionals in the playoffs for the, to get to the super regionals, then the college world series. It's awesome. I really wish I was around this weekend. I'll be in Indianapolis coaching, but uh, it, it is so much fun. And so for Harrison central for Highland, 
We'll have to wait and see how they fare. Obviously, Harrison Central, I mentioned, 7 o'clock game on June 9th against Heath. Highland will have their hands full, but that's a team, Mitch, that is so, even if you have no rooting interest, just go see them play. It's so much fun, and I know you had a good time watching the softball uh, Final Four for the respective division that you were there rooting for as well and covering, but this is so much fun this time of the year. It really is, and you get some unlikely heroes either off the bench or in the bottom of the lineup that step up in big spots. And it, if you love baseball or softball, this is the time to really sit back and enjoy it. And believe it or not, you'll probably find yourself rooting for one of the two teams as you're sitting there watching these games. I know I did last year. I became a Grove City fan in their state semifinal and state championship game. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. And Canal Park is so beautiful. It, it's so well worth the trip and the price to pay for admission and then concessions. And mm, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset I'm not going to be in town. No, you're right about Canal Park. The Hawks will be, end up playing Tiffin Calvert in the semifinals coming this Thursday, and the winner of that game will take on the winner of Ruzi and St. Henry on Saturday. So when we come back, we want to go over uh, some more stuff going on in the world of sports and bring in a special guest here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey there, folks. This is Mitch Spinell, and I want to give you guys a quick message regarding 988. If you don't know what 988 is, it was created to make it easier to remember how to get help in the event of a mental health or addiction crisis. This is different than a medical, fire, or police emergency where 911 should still be called immediately. 988 connects you with Stark County's Crisis Center, which is equipped to help people in emotional distress or experience a mental health or addiction crisis. So remember, 911 for medical, fire, and police emergency help, and 988 for support in overcoming a mental health crisis in Stark County. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrin Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partnered with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Ben Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. 
Visit unionhospital.org. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Get out of the dugout and onto the field with help from Velocity Sports. Velocity Sports is a baseball and softball training academy with locations in North Canton and Canal Fulton. Our new Canal Fulton features 10,000 square feet of training space with six cages for hitting and pitching in a large commercial weight room. Velocity Sports will sharpen your skills and get you in the starting lineup. For more info, go to velosportsohio.com. We welcome you back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. We now bring in a special guest, the head coach of the Strasburg Franklin Lady Tigers softball team, who is now back-to-back Division Four state champions. It is Coach Tom Spidell. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Mitch. I appreciate it. Of course. So we start off here just talking about your guys' recent success over at Firestone. I mean, you guys were able to repeat as Division Four state champions, getting that big win over Hopewell Loudon as well as Gibsonburg on Friday. I mean, when you have the experience the second year as opposed to year one as a head coach of the Tigers, what was do you think were the biggest differences in how you and the team were operating? Was there a sense of, okay, we've been here before, or is that sort of that overwhelming nature for some teams in a state tournament still kind of there no you know it was that second time through the girls we kind of knew the timeline knew what to expect knew there was going to be we'd be ready to go but yet there's downtime waiting on you know all the different things that happen at a state game and it's definitely not your typical setting for the regular season and even some of the early tournament games. So being there a second time really was nice and having all those girls with that experience, you know, they just knew what knew what was going on, knew how to handle it, how to prepare themselves. And so I think it was a big advantage for us because the other three teams, none of them had uh, been there recently. No, for no doubt. Uh, and with that coach, I mean, you go from, uh, the way you guys were able to work last season compared to this one where you got off to some very good starts at the beginning of these games and then kind of had to stave off your opponents towards the end. Gibsonburg, obviously, in a 3-1 victory. Hopewell Loudon, you guys got off to a bigger lead in that game, but especially around that fifth inning, you know, people were starting to wonder what might be. Um, what were some of the messages that you were trying to, like, really get into your girls' heads when you get out to these leads, but you have to just eat these innings away to ensure that you guys can seal the victory? Yeah, you know, again having that experienced group of girls that we did that have been through it, you know, they, they, they stayed pretty steady. Um, and, you know, especially Amelia being a junior now and being through state last year, I felt it really helped her keep her composure. And even when they scored those two runs in the fifth inning, 
she seemed to stay pretty level-headed, wasn't too excited, um, you know, and again, the girls, it, there really wasn't a lot that I had to say. They they pretty much controlled themselves and kept their emotions in, emotions in check and, and did a real good job for us. Coach, you guys went up against a Chieftains team whose offense was very solid. We kind of talked about this on Saturday's pre- postgame presser, but 21 of their first 26 games were decided by the mercy rule this year. So when you get out to the offensive start that you did, how, I mean, just tell me how big that was in terms of being able to shift the momentum over to you guys and show this team like, Hey, you're here and you're here to compete. Oh, absolutely. You know, anytime you can get a lead on any team, it is definitely a big advantage. And I know that calms Amelia down and stuff. And, you know, like I said in the press conference, we know what Hopewell Loudon had done, you know, their team batting average and how many runs they had scored and run differential. And, you know, we talked about it. We just want to put them in a game, make it tough for them for seven innings, you know, get a lead and see what happens, see if we're able to maintain it. And, you know, we're, we're pretty confident in Amelia and also our defense um, that if we can get three to four runs that we should win a lot of ball games. And we don't really concern ourselves with the other team on on their past success because we know what we're capable of and what we're able to shut teams down. Going back over to Amelia, coach, I mean, you, you saw what she was able to do last season in getting the, in the victory in the final this year, arguably one of the most dominating starts she's ever had to a game in her high school career. Is there any particular aspect of her game? throughout this past off season or into this season to where you really wanted to ensure that was further developed in her game to ensure that she wouldn't have to worry about it in such a situation like this one. Yeah. You know, and I've discussed this, I think in the post game press conference, you know, we've been working on the mental aspect of it since she was in tens and 12 years old, you know, just working that things aren't going to be perfect and there's going to be mistakes and teams are going to get hits and, you know, all these different things. And you just got to take it one pitch at a time. And I think that state game last year, the final, when they strung those hits together in the seventh inning and we was able to work out of it and get that victory kind of led to some extra confidence that, you know, we got this, it's not a big deal. And then also for her, you know, just, I think having, uh, the winner, she did not play basketball this year. Um, and she concentrated on lifting and getting stronger and doing some different things. Um, so that towards the end of the season, she still was keeping her velocity up and, and maintaining everything that she needed to. So I think those were two big keys for her this year. Coach, uh, a phrase that you guys had throughout the season, and I saw it on a number of the shirts throughout the uh, final game was Meraki or to leave a legacy. Uh, take us kind of through that process of where that uh, phrase came to be. And if it's not too early for me to ask, are there any particular mottos or phrases that you're cooking up for next season's run? Uh, sure. We'll start with Meraki. You know, we at Christmas time, I get my team a book to read every year. And John Gordon has been one that we've used quite a bit. Um, we use the energy bus the year before this year. It was training camp and he had put out a video around that time about what Meraki was and that it's a Greek word. And it means to put something of yourself into what you do, you know, and it tied in with leaving a legacy. And so it just was one of those things that we found that fit. And, you know, we talked about that those first teams, the 87, 88 and 89 were the teams that repeated. And we haven't had any teams do that since then. 
So, you know, we talked about them, about putting everything you have out there for yourself, leaving a legacy and leaving that legacy of going back to back. Um, you know, so it, it was, I think it resonated with the girls and they really liked it. Um, now, as far as next year, I have not gotten that far yet. Um, that's something that we usually focus in on the winter time when we have a little downtime and a break. Um, so I don't really have anything for you just yet, but uh, maybe we can let you know at another time. I mean, you bring in a lot of uh, returning players, coach, obviously Amelia being one of them. And uh, but with the some of the outgoing players uh, that are graduating this year will no longer be with the team. Is there any particular message or or thought that you would like to get out to them now that you may not have been able to get to after Saturday's game or any point this year? Yeah, you know, and, and some of it I did touch on is just that their leadership this year was, was incredible. You know, they really, they really stepped up and uh, we had some that were very vocal leaders and we had some that just led by action, but the whole group combined just kind of the way they did it, you know, and we had nine freshmen this year. And I really looked to those seniors and even a million eight our two juniors in developing the freshmen and showing them the habits that we have and what it takes to, you know, play this game and, you know, then especially getting to the state championship, I think it really helped those freshmen out to understand what all it takes and the hard work and dedication that it does. And, you know, those seniors, that is my first class that I started with, you know, they were freshmen when I took over. So this is the first class that I've had that I've had for all four years. So in a lot of ways, it was a very special class to me in that aspect. Um, and just the relationships that we developed over those four years is very special. And, you know, I wish them well in the future. Um, you know, I got a couple that's going into the workforce and starting working right away. And I got some that are going to college uh, for different degrees. And then, you know, Maggie going to continue her softball career at BW. Um, they're just a very special group. And I just hope they know that I am always there for them even though they've graduated and if they ever need anything, they can call me and I'll, I'll help them out any way I can. Coach by we thank you for taking the time to join us here today. We want to congratulate you once again on your state championship victory and best of luck to you and the Tigers throughout this off season and into the next. Thank you. I appreciate it, Mitch. And that is coach by here on the big time sports podcast show. We'll be back right after this. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216-hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. 
Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Employee benefits, although time-consuming and expensive, is one of the top considerations for those making a job change. At Hummel Group, we help businesses craft benefit strategies that align with company goals. Through an emphasis on cost containment, leveraging technology, and benefits administration, we save your team valuable time. Your employees call us with questions, not you. Visit HummelHelps.com or call 800-860-1060. Don't just get insurance. Get Hummel. June is National Safety Month. Did you know that 80% of injuries related to falling in a home happen in the bathroom? Mostly to folks over the age of 65. If you find it hard to get in and out of a standard bathtub and need a new walk-in shower or convenient walk-in bathtub, then call the professionals at JR Bath. JR Bath has been helping to make bathrooms beautiful and safer since 1976. Call JR Bath at 330-494-2365 or visit us at jrbath.com. Back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast show, Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bala. Now, Mitch, we're going to talk about a series that I thought was over from game one, and now it's not over because it's now a split in Denver. The Nuggets and Miami Heat are tied at one-to-one as we head back to South Beach. I mean, last night, Mitch, it looked as if, even though Miami got to a hot start, when I saw Denver starting to chip away, chip away slowly but surely in that game and then get that lead, I thought... Well, this is it. This is where Denver. Uh, this is where Denver gets the the two nothing series lead. They go back to Miami, and then that's a sweep, possibly. Not the case last night. Duncan Robinson went off. The Heat clamped down and played tough basketball, and now they have a chance in this series, Mitch. A chance in which I didn't think they had initially. Yeah, listen. Duncan Robinson had a phenomenal second half, really the fourth quarter, where he really got the Heat back into the game. Mitch, Gabe Vincent had his biggest game of his career. 23 points last night for the point guard for the Miami Heat. Butler and Adebayo combined for 42, 21 each respectively. Kevin Love was six, Struis with 14. The Heat though, Mitch, I think you saw already. I am not, let me be, let me be very clear. I am not saying Mike Malone is not a good head coach. Hmm. I am saying Eric Spolstra does make that much of a difference. 
And I thought it was very interesting in the post-game press conference where he had a reporter ask him, yes. you know, you you took away Jokic can score and pass, and you really took him away tonight in the passing, and Spolster stopped the reporter right then and there and really kind of went off. I think that was just gamesmanship by Spolstra because so often we see Jokic and we saw it in the Lakers series. The Lakers try to take him away offensively in terms of scoring to make him a passer. And they try to take away him as a passer and make him a score. He had 41 last night, Mitch. This is the player that a two-time MVP. So twice now he's been voted as the best player on the planet in the NBA. And there's a lot of people that still think he should have got it this year. Four assists. This is a guy who had a triple-double in game one. The Heat absolutely had a game plan on what to do with Jokic, and it was to not let him find open teammates. They were going to live with him scoring, and they did. I mean, 41 points, 16 to 28 shooting. He only hit two threes, but taking away other guys. I mean, nobody outside of Jokic even had 20. Jamal Murray had 18. He was 7 to 15 shooting. Aaron Gordon with 12. Michael Porter Jr., that Mitch, one of six from three. He had five points. He was two of eight. From the field, and there was a couple times last night where he took some shots. And I don't know if you ever run yourself or find yourself in Denver Nuggets Twitter, but people can get very upset with Michael Porter Jr. because I can't remember who it was on the Cavs, but or Jordan Clarkson. There was always that meme of it's Jordan Clarkson time, signed Jordan Clarkson. Well, they tend to think that Michael Porter Jr. does the same thing. And Mitch, there was a, an instance last night in that game where Porter was rising for a mid-range jumper with two men on him with Jokic and I believe Murray wide open on the baseline underneath the basket and Porter shot the ball instead. The Heat are going to let Porter do that. Listen, he can get hot. We've seen it in spurts throughout the playoffs, but he can get ice cold from the field too. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, one of four. I mean, he only took four shots in that Lakers series. I feel like he was getting at least 10 a game. Six points. The bench, only three guys played last night. Green with nine. Brown, Bruce Brown, excuse me, with 11, and then Brown, spelled B-R-A-U-N, with six. The Heat really decided to let Jokic get his last night offensively in terms of scoring and limit him offensively in terms of passing. And that is how the Heat got back in this game, alongside with Gabe Vincent catching fire, Duncan Robinson having a great game. And now, Mitch, this was a series I truthfully thought probably could go five, probably would go five, maybe six, and it still could go that way. But... For the Miami Heat to go to Denver and get a split in which I think a lot of people outside of Miami thought it was going to be two straight wins for Denver is massive. And now they get to go home in front of their home crowd and let's see what they do. It's not going to be an easy task. I still think Denver is the more talented team from head to toe. But this Heat team, although they're not big names, they have stepped up in every single game, in every single round, in every single series. And there's no reason to think that will not continue to happen. And it's been a different guy every night. Gabe Vincent last night with 23. You know, next time it could be Struess. Maybe Kyle Lowry gets going. He had nine points last night. Let's not overlook that. But a 111-108 win in game two for the Miami Heat was huge. And I really do think that had more to do with Eric Spolstra really having a game plan and his team buying into it. And that is how they really, Mitch, got a win that they absolutely needed to have. But a win that I don't think anyone saw coming. Yeah, when I saw Miami kind of just stave off Denver there at the latter parts of the game, I thought to myself, okay, if they can continue this 
process of play, then it's going to be interesting to see how they'll do it in their, against their home crowd because Denver was one of the harder places to play in this postseason. When you have a seven-game winning streak overall in the playoffs at one point, that's very difficult to do. But Miami was able to come in last night and really kind of throw Denver off enough to, I think, have them kind of second-guessing them. Not second-guessing themselves, but kind of have them thinking what's – what do we have to really readjust to uh, be able to get that game three victory to get ourselves back on track? I mean, I'm still still holding on to uh, Nuggets in five. That was my prediction at the start of the series. Uh, that was the one that I kind of figured would happen. But now I'm a little less confident in that uh, Miami didn't get one of those games at home. So therefore, I don't know. This could, this could go to six. I'm still wondering about it. I like that Miami was able to get to the free throw line a little bit more in that game. Looked like Jimmy Butler was able to uh, play more aggressively than he did in game one. Although again, he didn't have the greatest of games right now. No, he didn't. Seven nineteen shooting. He played forty minutes. Uh, that was second on the team with Adebayo. And your best players have to play the most minutes, Mitch. I mean, that's like saying, you know, LeBron would only play twenty minutes and the team wins by three. Like we know that's not going to happen. But Jimmy Butler was effective in other ways. He really was. I mean, this is a guy who will guard anybody he needs to guard. This is a guy that will make the right play. And for Butler, he had nine assists. He realized that, hey, maybe I don't have it tonight offensively. Maybe the defense is holding me you know, back in terms of me being able to get shots up or get to my spot. He recognized that, and he ends up leading his team with assists with nine last night, four rebounds. Uh, he only had one turnover. Like, that's huge for Jimmy Butler. He's a perfect five for five from the line, two of five from three. And really, Bam out of bio, I thought, Mitch, completely different from game one. And listen, we know out of bio, although he's a center, is an undersized center. If we're being honest, when you look at some of the other centers in the league that are high caliber, the Embiid's, uh, obviously Jokic, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, the list goes on. He's definitely undersized, but... There was plays last night where he played great defense on Jokic, but Jokic still found a way to score. And that's just, you just tip your cap to, to Nikola Jokic. But the Heat were not going to double, strictly because I think they identified, we are going to let him score. And if we play the defense and Otto Bio plays the defense he's capable of, it's going to wear him down. And maybe it eventually did. Jokic playing 42 minutes last night. Uh, he led the Denver Nuggets in minutes last night, but also... The Nuggets only going eight deep last night, Mitch. Yep. This is that that to me is is eye opening. I think because the Heat, on the other hand, they went ten deep last night. You had Robinson, Haywood, Highsmith, Caleb Martin, Cody Zeller, and Kyle Lowry off the bench last night that all provided minutes for the Heat. All of them scoring except for Haywood Highsmith, but really he comes in as a defender. He typically is able to knock a couple balls away, come up with the 50-50 balls. I'm very intrigued to see how this goes now as game three and four shift to Miami and can Miami somehow get one there to make this then, you know, can someone win it in six or is there a way they could possibly go up two one and then three one Mitch, because to put Denver on their heels, no team's done that yet. This postseason. the closest team has been the Phoenix suns when they made it two two, but then Denver won game five and six. So Denver really, although their second round series, or excuse me, the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers was a sweep. Those games were close for the most part. Three of the four games were very close, but no one's really been able to put the Nuggets on their heels yet. So that's what I'm looking for now. Even if it is a close loss for the Heat in game three, I think the more Denver feels the pressure that they have not felt 
really since round two against the Suns, you kind of wonder, will they eventually crack? Meanwhile, the Heat, Mitch, the Heat have faced so much pressure. They were one loss away from not even making the playoffs. They were up 3-0 and almost becoming the first team ever to blow a 3-0 lead. They went on the road and won. This Heat team, when it comes to pressure, Mitch, I don't think it bothers them. And I think that's why last night was another reason they were able to get a huge game two win in the NBA Finals. Time will tell if the uh, Heat are going to have the sort of mental advantage that uh, has kind of made the difference between uh, less talented teams, I would say, that have gone on to win NBA Finals like the Miami Heat, for example, in 2006, when the Dallas Mavericks kind of unraveled, when you were able to see Dallas get revenge back in 2011. Uh, you could even go a couple other advan- uh, other examples throughout the years um trying to think of ones like the detroit pistons back in 2004 against the lakers i mean we shall see uh we'll keep wondering what you guys think about the uh the the ongoing finals and who will be winning the series still and then when we come back you know this series that just happened in minnesota this week i think couldn't have gone better even though some people think it will what do you got before we go i feel like we should address maybe some news that broke today we can do that. Well, we had uh, the report from Sham Sharania of The Athletic uh, this morning that, what is this right here? Kyrie Irving is trying to persuade LeBron James to come to the Dallas Mavericks this coming off season. I mean, there have been some talks of LeBron possibly leaving the Lakers, and I don't know. that This doesn't seem like... But first of all, Kyrie's not even a Dallas Maverick right now. He's a free agent this right. offseason. Maybe that kind of shows Dallas fans that he wants to return. I mean, I, I even said on this podcast, I think, I don't know if Dallas necessarily needs to re-sign Kyrie, if they want to use some of that money to try and build more around uh, uh, Luka. But uh, that's that's an interesting pro- prospect to where, well, what would a Dallas would need to do a trade if yeah, possible? Yeah, LeBron is still under contract for the 23-24 season. A base salary, I have it pulled up here uh, on Spotrack. $46.9 million for this season. He then has a player option for 24-25. So he realistically would control if he wants to play wherever he is at the end of next season, that player option at $50,652,000. I don't think there's any way possible that this happens, Mitch, because to your point, Kyrie technically right now is not a Maverick. Two, when the Mavericks made the trade for Kyrie Irving, what was kind of the consensus from a lot of media, you and I ourselves on the trade? The Mavericks didn't really get better because they gave up so much for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, They lost a lot of depth and talent in certain positions. What do the Mavericks possibly have to offer the Lakers who have Anthony Davis signed that would even help them replace LeBron James? Yes, he's, he's aging. Okay, I completely agree. And yes, it looked like maybe for the first time in a long time, LeBron and Father Time are finally meeting. At the same time, this is a player that was playing on an ankle that a lot of people said needed to be surgically repaired, and he decided to play on it anyways. But I think this is more so Kyrie Irving trying to do this to show Dallas he might be trying to stay, and I don't think he stays. Because to me, there's no way Dallas has the pieces to make a trade work unless it's a three-team trade. And I also just don't know if I buy Kyrie Irving wanting to be a Dallas Maverick. I know the Mavericks can offer him the most money out of all the teams because of the new bargaining agreement and everything going into play, trying to keep players with their respective teams. I think this is more so Kyrie trying to cover his own behind here 
saying like, oh, I'm trying. And when it doesn't work out, he goes elsewhere. I'm not saying he's going to LA. I have no idea where he goes. I think this is more him trying to say, I tried, didn't happen. See ya. I'm out. But okay. if this happened, they would have to be the favorites in the West. Mm, it, it it on would, paper for sure. It would be the new big three. It would probably be the best big three. LeBron then playing. He'd have the ability to play off I, the ball, not even as the two, but as the, as a true three. Yeah. Here's, 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 here's the thing. It's not a, it's not just a big three in Dallas. If that happens, it's the only three because yeah. if LeBron forces his way out of LA, Dallas is sending probably even more than they had to send for Kyrie to the Lakers. Oh. And then you have LeBron, Luca, Kyrie. Sure. Even though it's like going to be 40 year old LeBron James, 30 ish Kyrie Irving, and then 24 year old Luca. That that's, that's dangerous. If you were to play on like a three on three tournament for sure. But Who's going to be on your four and five, and who's going to be on the bench for that? That that it, that 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 I, I don't I don't like this prospect at all. If, no. if Dallas has to make a trade, I I don't. And, I, I think it's more so Kyrie just trying to convince himself. Okay, if we can get LeBron, that's an incentive for me to try and go back to Dallas if Dallas still wants me. Exactly, I think that's exactly what it is. And I have the the Mavericks contracts pulled up here: uh, Davis Bert, Bertans, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Klebe, Reggie Bullock. JaVale McGee, Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, A.J. Lawson. Out of all those players, Mitch, who would the Lakers want for LeBron James? If you're not trading LeBron just because he will be 39 next year during the season, LeBron at 38 this year in the playoffs on a bad ankle was still a top 15 player in the NBA, probably top 10. There's nobody in that realm on that roster I just read, because obviously I'm excluding Luca, because Luca would not be part of that trade. And Kyrie Irving is technically not on the roster right now, that the Lakers would be interested in. And to your point, on paper, I think they would be the best big three. There was a team that just made a trade to become the new big three, and it didn't work out so much. So they fired their coach and now have rehired Frank Vogel, who is now, I believe, on his fourth team. That's the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. There's a lot going on in the NBA of teams being able to build and not have to really go after top three players or three top-tier talent players and then fill in the rest of their team. You see a lot of teams right now, Mitch, going to fill in needs with the right pieces at the right price and building that way. I kind of look at the Sacramento Kings. Look at them. De'Aaron Fox is so talented. I love De'Aaron Fox. They're not out there going after big name players yet trying to make a big three because they have the pieces around them like Sabonis, like Monk and others on that Kings team to where they're building something there. And I think you're starting to see that with other teams. And if the Mavericks did that, the bench and the other two in that starting five after that, Mitch, would be very, very, very rough because of the new CBA going into effect soon, which... That might be something we'll have to cover and tackle here as we lose some sports to talk about down the road, but it would be a good conversation. But per Shams, Kyrie's reached out to LeBron, but what Shams didn't say is if LeBron reached back. That, that's a good, is that going to be your tagline for the video you'll post of uh, the show later? I, I like that. That's a good uh, sending out line for like a highlight for like a TikTok or something. I like that. Maybe I'll put that I'll in. Call back. I got to get the TikToks rolling again. All right, when we come back, we'll go over the Guardians here. Stay with us.
Hey there, folks. This is Mitch Spinell, and I want to give you guys a quick message regarding 988. If you don't know what 988 is, it was created to make it easier to remember how to get help in the event of a mental health or addiction crisis. This is different than a medical, fire, or police emergency where 911 should still be called immediately. 988 connects you with Stark County's Crisis Center, which is equipped to help people in emotional distress or experience a mental health or addiction crisis. So remember, 911 for medical, fire, and police emergency help, and 988 for support in overcoming a mental health crisis in Stark County. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostra Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzlers.com. Hartzlers Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level eight. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Get out of the dugout and onto the field with help from Velocity Sports. Velocity Sports is a baseball and softball training academy with locations in North Canton and Canal Fulton. 
Our new Canal Fulton features 10,000 square feet of training space with six cages for hitting and pitching in a large commercial weight room. Velocity Sports will sharpen your skills and get you in the starting lineup. For more info, go to velosportsohio.com. Turning 65 soon or already on Medicare? Hummel Group can help you explore your options and find a plan that fits your unique health care needs and budget. Our experienced agents provide personalized advice and help you compare plans from top insurance carriers for free. We're here to help you find the Medicare plan that's right for you. Visit HummelHelps.com or call 800-860-1060 to speak to an agent about Medicare. Don't just get insurance, get Hummel. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bala. So, Mitch, I teased the uh, this segment in the last one by saying, I don't think that, or I think that this the result that the Cleveland Guardians had in this recent four-game stand in Minnesota against the AL Central leading Twins was solid. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was absolutely perfect because perfect would have been a four-person, a four-game sweep. And I know a lot of people were kind of complaining that it should have been a four-game sweep. But that being said, splitting against Minnesota, a team that had been playing better than you coming in with a with an offense that has been anemic for most of the season. Getting those two, our two starting pitchers back in McKenzie and Savali was big and getting them back in the form in which they pitch was so, so important for a starting rotation that has just been kind of held together by tape and prayers throughout most of the season so far. Tape and prayers is a very good way to put it. We had said all along for a while now that we needed to get McKenzie back. No doubt about it. Savali too. Obviously I've been a little hard on him. Part of it has to do with the playoffs last year, whether that's fair or foul. We, we can talk about that another time. The issue was that neither of those guys can hit home runs, Mitch. They can only potentially limit other teams from hitting home runs. But Tristan McKenzie yesterday in Minnesota looked like the Dr. Sticks that we saw down the stretch last year. Five innings, 10 Ks. He put the Guardians in a phenomenal spot. Aaron Savale on Friday night was magnificent. Those two efforts out of our starting pitchers were amazing for guys that, you know, typically, Mitch, when you come off the IL, you can't expect a whole lot from them. But man, oh man, did they deliver and then give you more. And really, it was a tough way to lose on Friday night in Minnesota. But then to come back after losing like that on Friday night, even Thursday night, Mitch, I texted you. I was driving to Cleveland to get somebody from the airport late at night and just listening how the Guardians blow that game after the Twins pull their two, three, and four hitters in the lineup. Their best hitters are pulled because they got home at 4 a.m. the night before because of a flight issue. The Guardians have a 6-3 to three lead and then ultimately blow it. It was a rough loss, and sometimes it's losses like that, much like it can be wins like that, that really tell you where the season's going to go. And Friday they fought back and lost, and I just kind of sat here and thought, man, that this might be it. I mean, if you get swept by Minnesota in a four-game set, I know you're in a bad division, but it just not would not be a good spot to be in right as June opens up. And then to get the two wins, to split, and then to say you went on the road and you got a series win against the Baltimore Orioles, a very good team that currently sits at second in the American League East and owns a wild card spot. And then you split with Minnesota. Not only do you split, but Mitch, you now jump back ahead of the Detroit Tigers. You're back in second place, the American League Central. You're five games under 500. You're only three and a half out of the Twins or behind the Twins now in the Central. 
to me, that's a very fine spot to be as we record here on June 5th, because the twins have not looked like a team that is going to run away with this division. They've kind of looked like the opposite. They have times where they look really, really good, and they look like a team that doesn't know what they're doing, and they could be a middle-of-the-pack, bottom-tier American League Central Division team. If McKenzie and Savale can build off this and stick to the guys that we know they can be, and obviously it won't happen every start. It doesn't happen every single start for guys in baseball, and if it does, people are having career years most of the time. It's going to come down to the offense, and they got some clutch hits on Saturday and Sunday. And that was nice, but you're still asking your pitching staff, both the starters and bullpen, a lot to only score two runs and win a game. We know this bullpen last year was fully capable of doing that. And for the most part, they've been all right this year. Obviously, some guys have struggled. Karen Check yesterday on Sunday, Mitch, was phenomenal. He really did not give you any reason of a doubt that he was going to be able to come in and make it interesting like he so typically does. Class A, decided to put a little extra spice on it, but I'm happy with where they're at. It doesn't get easier. We've I, I've hit this so many times, but the schedule switched this year. You don't get 19 games against the American league central. You have to play some teams. You don't typically play. You have to play teams more than usual. And now you come home and you play Boston. Boston is a team that you should go out and take a series from. I'm not asking them to go on a 22 game win streak. I'm not even asking for a 12 game win streak. The Guardians now have to handle business, I believe, Mitch, up until the All-Star break and try to win as many series as possible. And if they do that, I think this team will be in a very good spot after the All-Star break. And I think I trust our front office enough to go out and make a move necessary to put us in a spot to still win this division and get in the playoffs. I told you last year, you just got to get in. You just have to get in. And they did that, and they made it very interesting in the ALDS against the Yankees. I'm still telling you they just got to get in, but there are still some glaring holes in this lineup more so now than last year that need addressed. And I think the guardians, what they do now, the rest of June up until the all-star break is going to tell you if they are buyers or sellers for the August 1st deadline. Let me ask you a question. How many starts, how many quality starts from McKenzie do you need to convince yourself that he can be the ace of the staff and you trade Shane Bieber for a power hitter. Let me pull up the schedule right here because I don't want to try to shortchange him or, or give too much. <laughs> One, two. Next scheduled star would probably be against Houston because they have three against the Red Sox in the middle of this week. So he has probably six starts, five or five starts for sure, probably six. Up until the all-star break. There might be a way he gets seven. I don't know. I'm not good at math. Math was never a strong subject of mine. Yeah. And you're looking at, he's probably going to pitch against Houston. Good baseball team. Arizona, a good baseball team so far this year. They've surprised yeah. a lot of people. Yep. Milwaukee, a team that's really kind of in the thick of things in the central. They're leading the NL central. Kansas City, Chicago, a team they should beat. And then potentially probably Kansas City again. I need, if he starts six games, I need four quality starts. I need four. Tristan McKenzie, quality starts deep into a game. I'm not seeing, you know, 10 Ks limiting the other team. And if he does that, Mitch, and these young guns of Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee continue to stay on the pace they are currently on, and then you throw in Aaron Savale. If they can all continue to build off each other, I, th I think you have to do it, especially 
Now this would hurt our cause here, especially if Shane Bieber cannot show you any sight of what yeah. he once was, because yeah. really the last few Bieber starts have not been good. Now that could hurt you in terms of trade value, but at the same time, if you can get something back at the major league level, I'm tired of prospects. This yeah. team is young enough. We don't need more prospects, which means we'll probably trade them for a middle infield prospect because that's all we ever do. If you can get somebody that can contribute every day in the starting lineup in an outfield spot, maybe it's a catching spot. Mitch, I know it sounds crazy. Maybe it's a first baseman. I think you do it, especially because if you have four guys that are really pitching well, I think Gavin Williams will be up here soon. We know Quantrill was put on the injured list to activate Savale, but yes. there was another corresponding move to get Tristan McKenzie activated, and that was designating Zach Plezak for assignment. Yep. Now, he can clear waivers. We can sign him, keep him down in AAA. A team might be able to take him. We'll wait and see what happens. But it seems right now to me, Mitch, that the Guardians are comfortable with a Bieber, McKenzie, Allen, Bybee, Savale rotation. If Bieber falls off, I think it's going to be the other four pitchers I just mentioned, and then either Cal Quantrill or, if Quantrill struggles, Gavin Williams. And I don't have an issue with that at all because Gavin Williams right now, with how he's pitching in AAA in Columbus, and I know it's AAA, he deserves an opportunity, much like Bo Naylor does. But we'll have to wait and see. And the issue is we complain about the Dolans not spending money. They went out and spent money. And right now, Mitch, it does not look like money well spent. No. And that is the fine line that you have to walk when you are asking your owner to spend money who typically doesn't do so because Mike Zanino has been a massive disappointment. You knew he wasn't great defensively, but you were expecting him to have a better bat in the lineup than we saw the past two years for Guardians catchers. Josh Bell still holding out hope he can get hot here down the stretch, which would really be what you needed him for. But to this point too, Mitch, I would say he's been an utter disappointment in the lineup. He has... A guy you signed to take pressure off Jose Ramirez in the three-hole and also allow Josh Naylor to really thrive, he has not done that yet. He's gotten better so far as the season's gone on, but this isn't a rookie that you're expecting to get better. This is a proven veteran that has had some big seasons, both for Pittsburgh and Washington. And I know he didn't have a whole lot of home runs when he was traded to San Diego, but he's still right. a formidable bet. He has not been worth the money they are paying him right now. Maybe he's unloaded in a trade. I would not imagine the Guardians would eat that salary if they cut him. Zanino, though, Mitch, I think we're at a point, though, if he doesn't get something going here, that might be a $6 million that the team eats and gets rid of. I definitely think you have to get rid of one of these catchers if you have a trade package for Bieber or even further down the season, especially if the fans really want Bo Naylor to get into this uh, roster here soon. He's still young. He's still raw, but because he's succeeding so well in the minor league level and, and because this team just feels so flat offensively, that makes the fans really want this guy to become the difference maker. Now, I don't think he would be the difference maker immediately, no. but it, at least take the opportunity and maybe it works out. And if he doesn't, just send him back down and give him some more uh, prep. I mean, right now, Bo Naylor in AAA, folks. He has 190 at-bats in 53 games. He is hitting 258, which would be... All right. As of the start of May, it would have been almost a hundred percentage points better than any of our catchers were doing. Yeah. He has 11 home runs, 44 RBIs, 46 walks to 49 strikeouts. You want at the bare minimum, a one to one ratio there, but that's not bad. You're not asking him to come up and be your four hitter. You're probably going to put him right where our catchers are in the lineup now in the eighth spot. 
no stolen bases. You're not asking for him to do that, but he has 12 doubles and a triple. He's athletic, Mitch. You can see it from just looking at him compared to other catchers we have. He would probably allow the Guardians to kind of play the way they want to with a team that was, I don't know if they are anymore, but was leading baseball in stolen stolen bases. And I'm sure they're still up there, at least in the top five right now, but there's not much more time they can waste. And after that, Mitch, Ahmed Rosario might be another name because that is a name that after last season, he wanted the contract. He didn't get it. He was going to play and try to prove himself. And if anything, he's really hurt his value so far. Now I know he got injured and left the game Saturday, did not see a single inning of the game yesterday. So I will not comment if he played or not. If you know, you can tell me, but if he's down and one of these young players like a Tyler Freeman, or maybe a Gabriel Arias, who's really come along recently gets put in that shortstop role and they can continue to produce. They have to play even when Rosario comes back. You can't, you can't sit a guy. If Rosario is out for an extended period of time, if they produce, you can't sit him. I don't see any way you can. I know he's a free agent after this season, but some things are out of your control. And this team at five games under 500 on June 5th is still very much alive for the playoffs because we are in the American league central. So take that for what you, what you want. I just think things are going to get very interesting here up until the all-star break. They definitely will. And well, I'm, I'm very curious to see how Cleveland stacks up with Boston and Houston coming this week. So we thank you guys for listening in or watching to the big time sports podcast show. Be sure to follow us on all the socials. We mentioned at the top of the show, Mitch, what is our fact of the day? Mitch, one fact of the day, one update as well. Fact of the day, Taylor Mikesell, who was drafted by the Indiana Fever, was then cut a couple of weeks ago. She has now been signed to the Atlanta Dream in the WNBA, so Taylor Mikesell still now will have a chance to play professional basketball. And a quick update, Mitch. We mentioned college baseball in the playoffs right now, full swing of things. The Division I college games in the regionals this weekend were phenomenal. College baseball this time of the year is the best baseball. but. We still have a semi-local team playing. Baldwin Wallace, Mitch, is in the quarterfinals. They have already lost, but as it stands right now, the Yellow Jackets are up 6-3 to three on John Hopkins in the top of the eighth inning in the D3 quarterfinals. A win there would put Baldwin Wallace into the semifinals, awaiting the winner of an elimination game, which if they beat Johns Hopkins, Johns Hopkins would be in that elimination game then later. So Baldwin Wallace, if they hold on, Mitch, they would be two, maybe three wins away from a potential Division Three college baseball national championship. Shout out to the Jackets and shout out to you for listening or watching to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.